online audience, we welcome to be a part of this wonderful service today. And God is doing so much here, and uh, we're, we're just privileged that we can come into your home. And I realize that there are people, uh, right now you're at work, or you're driving down the road, or maybe you're on vacation, or you're just watching from the comfort of your home. Uh, we want to welcome you to be a part of this service, and not only uh, by viewing, but take part in what Pastor Rayleigh was just talking about, and be a part of giving and supporting the local church. We're going to be in high schools this week, Palm Sunday, Easter Sunday. Over the next three weeks, we have so much ministry going on around here. And as he talked about being a part of the giving family, family. There's nothing like giving and being a part of the family of God. Now, if you have a church that you attend, a local church, give your tithe to that church. But if you have no home church, we ask and challenge you what the word challenges us to do is tithe and give 10% to the local church. And we, we're just challenging you right now. You can click right there on the online and you can give. And, and we have uh, right now open doors and possibilities that God has given us favor uh, in, in, in the next couple of weeks and that we need your help. So if you would just click right there and uh, you can begin to donate and give and be a part. And listen, you don't give just to get blessed. Getting blessed is an awesome part of tithing and giving offerings. But you give because God has commanded us to and love being a part of Kingdom Given. So we challenge you today. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. You are a part of watching. And right now, around the world, there are hundreds and thousands right now. They are tuning in right now to this online streaming. Be a part, partner with us. God bless you. And we hope that you continue to join the service. God bless you.
that moment when I see you face to face. Yes. right now come on let's give him praise right now 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 I don't know what you came to do but I came to bless him today sing that verse honey think about it think about it come on somebody Praise the Lord.
somebody raise your hands up high. Come on and say, oh, Jesus. the Bible said in Psalm 16 11 in his presence there is fullness of joy and at his right hand there are pleasures evermore if you thank God for his presence why don't you give him praise right now come on evangel shout unto God with a voice of triumph dear Lord father thank you for your anointing in this house today Thank you that you've got great things in store. You're going to move by your spirit in this room. And we give you glory. Somebody give the Lord the ovation of the morning. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Listen, I want you guys to have that song ready at the end today. Be seated for just a minute if you can. How many of you sense the presence of God in this house today? Oh, come on, Evangel. I said, how many of you sense the presence of God in the room today? honored to be here and take part in what the Lord is doing. It is my great joy to be here today. I'd love for you to stop by in the back. Uh, I've got a little bit of stuff available. I've got my book. I, don't, I think we only have, we have less than a case back there. If you haven't gotten it yet, you ought to get it. It's available in bookstores everywhere, but uh, I'd really love for you to get it. I taught a little bit out of it. I think time before last I was here, and a lot of people wanted the book and didn't get it, so we brought it back, and you can get it. And uh, then if you just want to overdose on Jim Rayleigh, bless your heart, we actually made these little things that you plug into your computers. I think you call them jump drives. So uh, if you want to have just a bunch of Jim Rayleigh, I got six, or six series on this uh, little jump drive right here. I love preaching. How many of y'all love to hear the word preached? I, I, I plugged in one the other day, and I was listening to some preaching, and I fell out in the Holy Ghost in my office, and I got up and looked at the DVD and realized it was myself preaching. Come on. No, I'm kidding with you. But uh, this is actually $100. It's about a $200 value. But if you'll buy one of these, I'll throw in any of my DVDs or CDs back there. And then I was honored uh, for free. For free. Tell your neighbor it doesn't get any cheaper than free. Come on. And then I was honored to write commentary for this new spiritual warfare Bible. And I have a few of those in the back. So I'm ready to preach. Anybody ready for the word? If you're ready for the word, say bring it on. 
Man, I've come here today to just have church. How many of y'all know there's a difference between coming to church and having church? I feel like Evangel knows how to have church. Praise God. Now, my tradition is, and I began it young in my ministry, is to stand for the reading of God's Word. And I know that that's a tradition that you love too. So will you stand for the reading of God's Word and look to 2 Samuel 16? I figure we stand for everything else. Come on now. We ought to stand for the Word of the Lord because I reverence God's Word. I've come today to speak against every hope devourer in your life. Anything that would try to rob you of your purpose or destiny, I'm telling you, we're going to put it on the run today. There's an anointing in this room that's going to chase suicide out of the building. There's an anointing in this room today that's going to dry cancer up right in the seat. Glory to God. There's an anointing in the room today that's going to soothe troubled mind. Depression is fleeing out of this place in Jesus' name. That's the kind of anointing that's here today. I feel it, I sense it, and I know I'm here on assignment. So here we are in 2 Samuel 16, and I'm going to begin reading at verse 5. If you are in the book of 1 Peter, you better head the other direction, a long way back. But here we are in verse 5. Now, when King David came to Baharim, there was a man from the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera. Coming from there, he came out cursing continually at David as he came. He threw stones at David and at all the servants of King David and all the people and all the mighty men that were on his right and on his left. Also Shimei said to those when he cursed, Come out, come out, you bloodthirsty man, you rogue. The Lord has brought this upon you, all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. And the Lord has delivered the kingdom into the, son, into the hand of Absalom, your son. So now you are caught in your own evil because you are a bloodthirsty man. Then Abishai, the son of Zariah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord and king? Let me go over there and take his head off. Come on, y'all. He was from Westside. Can I get a witness? <laughs> he said, let me go there and take that joker's head off. But the king said, what have I to do with you, your, you sons of Zariah? So let him curse, because the Lord has said to him, curse David, who then shall say, why have you done so? And David said to Abishai and all of his servants, see how my son who came from my own body seeks my life. How much more now made this Benjamin? He said, let him alone and let him curse. For so the Lord has ordered him. It may be that the Lord will look on my affliction and that the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing this day. He said, if I handle it right, maybe God will turn my situation around. Ooh. Now, verse 13, and David and his men went along the road. Shimei went along the hillside opposite him and cursed him as he went. Watch this now. He cursed him, threw stones at him, and kicked up the dust. I want to preach for a few minutes along these lines. When the dust settles. Mm. 
The enemy may be kicking up dust right now, but I need to tell somebody after the dust settles. If y'all knew, I'm about to preach. I'm telling you, it might cause you to snatch your neighbor's wig right off. It's going to get so good in here. But I'm telling you, after the dust settles, tell your neighbor, don't judge me yet. Yeah, say, don't judge me yet. Oh, you need to tell somebody, say, don't judge me yet. Yeah, after the dust settles, everything God said about me is going to come to pass. After the dust settles, everything God spoke over me is going to come to pass. After the dust settles, hope is going to be alive. After the dust settles, you're going to see. I feel it. Man, I feel the anointing here today. I'm about to throw my shoe. I'm not here to play. I'm here to preach. How many of y'all want to get a word from heaven right now? I, Gary, I'm not responsible for anything that happens in this service. It's about to come undone. If you came to get a word from heaven, slip up your hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, release revelation in this house that only Jesus be noticed, lifted up, exalted, and praised. Thank you, God, that you've got it all under control. And after the dust settles... Everything's going to be all right. If you're expecting big from God's word, now give him a clap and a shout and a praise and a hallelujah, whatever you got to do. Hallelujah. Before you sit down, tell your neighbor, say, after the dust settles. After the dust settles. The Bible said that as David went, that Shimei cursed him, threw stones at him, and kicked up the dust. Now, this is one of the most heart-wrenching and intense narratives to me in the whole of the Bible. Because let me just lay a little groundwork here. This mighty king, this amazing warrior, this man after God's own heart, David, is experiencing here the worst betrayal imaginable. David has been betrayed, y'all, by his very own son, Absalom. Now, Absalom rebelled against his father. He literally hijacked the kingdom from David. And he became a literal juggernaut of rebellion. He led what I describe in my book as a smiling rebellion. It's in one of the chapters of Hell Spells. And, and Absalom, y'all, was a masterful deceiver. Even his name was deceptive because if you take the name Absalom and you transliterate it or define it from the original text, Absalom's name means this. It means father of peace. Yet he was anything but a father of peace. He was an instigator of treachery. He was an instigator of rebellion against his very own dad, a dad who had provided for him. A dad who loved him and nourished him and who had forgiven him through some difficult seasons. A dad who had been faithful to him, but that was not enough. Absalom wanted his father's crown. He wanted what was not his at a time when he was not to have it. Now, now he did something very detestable. The Bible says in the sixth verse that he stole the hearts of the people. Absalom garnered and gathered the military might of the nation to support his rebellion. And this awesome king, this soldier's soldiers, Israel's greatest leader in all of history, is forced to flee from his own son. He's running for his life. 
and his own flesh and blood is the one who's after him. David is fleeing. Nothing robs you of your hope as does being let down or attacked or wounded by somebody you love. When you love somebody, how many of you know love is risky business? When you love somebody, they're empowered to wound you. When you love somebody, they're empowered to hurt you. And this was David's darkest day. And just as David comes to Baharayim, there was a man from the family of Saul named Shimei who came out to meet David. And this man started cursing David. He picked up rocks and started throwing them at David and kicking up dust. Now the fact was, y'all listen very closely. Compared to the totality and immenseness of David's problems and circumstances, really, I mean really, this little runt, Shimei, y'all know what I mean. This little runt, this little trash talker, come on somebody. He was really nothing for David to worry about. But listen to what Shimei's name means. It name means, his name means renowned or, or overwhelming or, or powerful or important or a somebody. Now this little guy had no influence at all. He had no power at all. And he could have seemed like he was something when in reality he was nothing. He seemed probably at that moment in David's life as something really big. Because when you're hanging on with all your might, when everything seems to be going wrong, even the little thing, things that don't really even matter, can bring you down and have an effect on you. His name means renowned, but he was not renowned. He was not overwhelming. He was not powerful. But David was in a vulnerable situation. And wherever there is a lack of hope, we often perceive what's really weak to be really strong. We think something that is really weak is really strong. And Shimei, I think of him. I think of Shimei, Shimei, and, and I just call him Shimei. I'm not even going to call him Shimei. I'm going to call him Shimmy. Push your neighbor and say, Shimmy. Have you ever had a car that had a Shimmy in it? Oh, my Lord. See, all y'all drive new cars and nice cars, but I grew up, my first car cost $100. It was a 1971 Plymouth Fury Three. Come on, somebody. I rode it around Jacksonville, green, big and long. Looked like the Batmobile. Come on, y'all. It was, had one of them seats. You remember those seats that the whole family had to move up and back? Yep. All y'all ain't 12 years old. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Where you reach down and your daddy would say, okay, one, two, three. And part of the seat would go up and part of it would stay back. Who's old enough to remember some cars like that? And my daddy, he was, my daddy was notorious about buying old junk cars and riding them around. He said it was his visitation car. And he would have cars that would get shimmies in them. And they would shake a little bit. 
and, 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 and there, would just, there would be noises in the dashboard. And my daddy was country, y'all. My daddy would take, and he would take paper and, and wad it up and fold it up and up, and he would put it in different places in the dash. And I would say, Daddy, what are you doing? He said, I'm fixing that shimmy, son. And you would see all over his car he had pieces of paper because he was trying to stop it from rattling. But the truth is, y'all, I thought about that. He would deal with those shimmies, and it drove him crazy. It really didn't stop his progress, but it aggravated him. It got him off of his mind. It got, got him got his mind off of his destination and where he was headed. See, the truth is, some of y'all in this room are dealing with some shimmies, and the enemy wants to make you think that they are bigger than you are than they really are. But if you look back across your life, even with the shimmies, even with the folk that have doubted you, even with the things you've been through, yeah, you might have shimmied a little bit, but you're still here and you're still making progress and you're still pressing forward and God is still making a way. Stop looking at the shimmies and say, God, I got to give you praise that in spite of those that have been against me, I'm still making progress. Don't be surprised by haters who sit around eating hater tots. Come on, somebody, and eating hater chips. Can I get a witness here? How many of you can look back across your life and say, in spite of the shimmies that I've dealt with, in spite of the enemy's attack, I'm still making progress. I dare you right now to give God a praise if you're still making progress, if you're still moving forward. Oh, my, 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 my. I need to get back on my notes, but let me tell you something, honey. Don't overreact to a shimmy. They don't deserve it. Now, watch. Here's what old Shimmy says. Shimmy says to David, the Lord, in verse 8, has brought this upon you. Now, this is so intense because not only did Shimei attack him, Shimei was a tool in the hands of the enemy because, listen very closely, because he said, you're only getting what you deserve. Now, there's a lot of reasons I love the Lord today. There's a lot of reasons that you don't have to beg me to praise him. There's a lot of reasons in just a minute I could lose my mind giving him glory. But one of the reasons I love him so much is he never gave me what I deserve. Oh, sit out there and be religious. Sit out there and be cute. But how many of you are grateful that he never gave you what you deserved? Because if he would have given us what we deserve, none of us would be saved. None of us would be sanctified. None of us would be filled with the Holy Spirit. But he looked beyond our fault and saw our need. He looked beyond our mess and saw the miracle that we could become. I dare you right now before I preach on a little bit, somebody give God praise that he never gave you what you deserve. Anybody that's here because of grace, why don't you clap your hands and shout unto God and say, thank you, Lord, that you never gave me what I deserve, but you gave me mercy. And you gave me grace. See, there's no greater sense of hopelessness than feeling like God doesn't love you and he's not for you. So the voice in David's ear that day said, God doesn't love you anymore. 
It said you've fallen too far. You've done too much. The enemy is masterful when we go through hard times about convincing people that they can't come back. God wants to get you back. God wants to, he wants to mess you up. God wants revenge on you. But let me tell you something. Today in this room, God doesn't want to get you back. God wants to bring you back. Hallelujah. And maybe you have some children and they're not where they need to be with God. Maybe you've got some family members and they're not where they need to be with God. And the enemy wants to tell you God's going to take revenge on them. But God brought me here to tell you that God doesn't want to get them back. God wants to bring them back. God is not about taking vengeance right now. He's sits on a mercy seat. Hallelujah. And how many of you are glad to be in a church where there's mercy in the house? Oh, come on. I don't care what you're dealing with. I don't care what kind of attack you've been under. I don't care what kind of failure you've had. There is the blood of Jesus in this room that can redeem every sinner, that can sanctify every sinner. There is mercy in the house. God wants to bring you back. Maybe you're in a season right now where it seems like you're dealing with some shimmies. Come on, somebody. Some failures, some issues. But I need to tell you, don't take a step back. It's just a setback. You're getting ready for a comeback. Oh. Get your neighbor by the hand and prophesy to him. Shake them up. Shake them up real good. If their hair falls off, if it's good hair, put it in your purse and take it home with you. Come on, somebody. But get a hold of somebody's hand. Come on, look at them in the eye and shake them up. And just, just speak to them. Say, hey, neighbor. Come on, talk to your neighbor. Say, hey, neighbor. Don't take a step back. It's just a setback. Say, we're getting ready for a comeback. If you're going to come back in some areas in your life, give God a shout right now. If you're going to see some things happen in your life, give God a praise right now. Glory to God. Now let's move on. Watch this. The Bible said David is speaking. And, and you know, the, the shimmyas of life, the enemy wants to rob you of your hope and your purpose. And the Bible said in verse 5 of Psalms 86, the Lord, you, Lord, are good. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to most of those no, it doesn't say most, to almost all, no, no, to all those who call upon you. See, he's full of compassion. He's full of grace. He's not just long-suffering, he's long-suffering. Oh, sit out there and be religious, but none of us, especially somebody on your row, wouldn't have been here today if he hadn't have been long suffering. Because somebody on your row has been a knucklehead. I want you to look down and see if you can figure out who it is. Somebody on your row has been a straight knucklehead. See, do you have you identified them? You know what's funny is you think it's them and they know for sure it's you. Come on, somebody. But how many of you are grateful for a God that has been long suffering for you? How many of you are thankful for a God that's been ready to forgive? Now, now watch this. Here's where it gets even better. Because I hadn't started preaching yet. I'm about to start preaching. But in verse 9, Then Abishai, the son of Zariah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Please. Oh. 
please let me go west side on him. Please let me go country on him. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Please let me go. Oh, just let me go. I will take his head off of his shoulders. I will hit him so hard when he wakes up, his clothes will be in style. Come on, somebody. Let, let me deal with him. Let me, let me take that joker down. I Let me take his head off. He ain't nothing but a dead dog. Why are you letting him bark at you like that? Why are you letting him talk to you like that? Now, here's what's powerful. Abishai's name means this. It means my father is a gift. Now, I studied this thing, and I found out that Abishai was actually David's nephew. Now, I don't read anywhere where David's sons are with him, but he's got a nephew that said, I'm staying with you because I see that you are a gift. See, he honored David like a father. He loved David like a, like a father. He acted like a son to David. His name means my father is a gift, and he recognized the gift that David was. When, any, when many others had been deceived, y'all, and had flocked to Absalom, God put somebody in his life that said, I'm going to stay with you, David. I'm going to fight with you, David. I'm going to deal with them, David. If they mess with you, they're messing with me. If they bother you, they're going to be bothering me. And see, he recognized the gift that David was. God has a way of putting people in your life who believe in you, even when it's hard. They recognize the gifts in your life, even when you're at your lowest. God will put people in your life who have hope and believe in you when you don't even believe in yourself. Do you have anybody that you're thankful for? Do you have any allies that have stuck with you through hard times and believed with you and stood with you when you felt like you were going to fall? Instead of the letting the devil whisper in your ear and convince you that you're a failure and no one's for you. The truth is you wouldn't be here today if God hadn't given you some Abishai's. You wouldn't be here today if God hadn't given you, oh God, if he hadn't given you some people who believed in you. Why don't you start to thank God right now for the people in your life who have been with you and who are still with you and who've been your friends and your allies. I dare you right now. Oh, good Lord. Some of y'all have been worried about who left you and who walked out on you and who did you wrong and who disappointed you. She left. Some of y'all are still worried about Henry, and Henry left you in 1983. Henry's had five relationships since then, and now he's in an alternative lifestyle. Come on, somebody, trying to find himself. You need to stop worrying about who left you. You need to leave church today, ride to Walmart, get you a thank you card, ride up to McDonald's, buy you some gift certificates, put them in the card, and say, thank you for leaving me, because I could have never got to the next level. If I'd have had to drag you kicking and screaming and complaining, I'm not going to worry about who left me. I'm going to shout over who stayed. I'm going to celebrate the people that are with me. Where are you at, Evangel? I dare somebody right now to give God praise for those that have stuck with you and been on your side.
No, that ain't good enough. I want you to give God praise like you know that you didn't get to where you are by yourself. Thank God for your allies. Thank God for your friends. Thank God for those that have stood with you. Man, I've had some shimmy eyes who shimmied, but I've had a bunch of Abishai's who stuck with me. Now, David flees into the desert, and the Bible said that shimmy is running along the side. He, this joker is running. He don't even have a horse. He don't even have a donkey. He don't have a mule. He don't have a llama. David's probably riding on a Mercedes mule. Come on, somebody. Riding out on a Lexus llama, a Cadillac camel. Y'all ain't saying nothing. David's actually doing pretty good, but you got this dude kicking up dust and throwing. The Bible said that he kicked up the dust, and Satan will always have somebody willing to kick up dust and attack you. And Shimei thought for sure that God was through with David, but he didn't know David's story was not over, that David's story was still being told. Here, You better hear me in this room. He was convinced that David's days were over, that he was not going to be king anymore, so he's kicking up dust. But just remember, the, day, the, 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 the dust hadn't settled over David's situation, and my, 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 it ain't settled over yours either. <laughs> oh, push your neighbor and say after the dust settles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, Shimei is the original dust devil. How many of y'all ever seen a dust devil? Uh, y'all know some of y'all on them dirt roads, or if you played ball like I did, I played a lot of baseball. You out there on the field and the, and the wind would come up. You'd see a little bitty dust devil. Come on, somebody. Little bitty tornado. And it's called by a low-pressure system. The wind starts going counterclockwise. And on a larger scale, it's actually a tornado. Whenever you see a tornado, it's a low-pressure system, and the wind goes counterclockwise. And you see, the truth is, some of you are dealing with some low-pressure systems right now. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. You've been dealing with some dust devils. The enemy's been hitting you low. Come on, somebody. He's been doing everything he can. But the truth of the matter is, maybe you're dealing with dust devils, dust devils in your family. How many of you know sometimes the dust devils have your last name? Oh, where y'all at? Where, where you at? Are anybody here? Sometimes the greatest talkers and the naysayers have your last name. You're dealing with dust devils. Maybe it's your children and the enemy's kicking up dust. Maybe it's the financial situation that you're in and you just can't seem to to make the ends meet. Maybe it's your health and the devil's kicking up dust. Maybe it's your peace and the devil's kicking up dust. Maybe it's your future and the devil's kicking up dust. But God brought me here to tell you, it's not over. Don't lose hope because the dust will settle. I said the dust 
will settle. David was dealing with a dust devil, but the dust hadn't settled yet. And I declare over Evangel Temple, I declare over every person in this room that's dealing with a dust devil, the dust is going to settle. And everything God said about you will become reality in your life. Every promise that God made to you is going to come to pass when the dust settles. Tell your neighbor, say, after the dust settles. No, holler at him. Say, after the dust settles. I speak over you prophesying in the name of Jesus that after the dust settles, you're going to be where God said you'd be. You're going to have what God said you'd have. You're going to go where God said you'd go. You're going to do what God said you'd do. You're going to overcome what God said you'd overcome. Just wait. The dust will settle. Listen to me. The dust will settle. Your children are coming in. Your finances are turning around. Your situation is shifting. The dust will settle. I dare you to give him praise if you believe the dust is going to settle. Oh, my, my, my. God, I got to hurry. Who will give me five more minutes? Wave at me. Wave at me if you give me five, 10, 15, 20. Praise the Lord. Now, here David is. I got to hurry. But he's at this precise time. He fled to a cave. He's in a dusty, dirty cave. Still got the dust of Shimei on him. But in the cave, theologians said he penned Psalms 42. And he said, my thirst, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go meet God? Huh? My tears have been my food day and night. While men say all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go with the multitude, leading a procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why are you downcast, oh my soul? He starts preaching revival to himself. Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. He said, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Look at verse 2. He said, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go? and meet with God. David's saying, God, I'm thirsty for you. I'm in a hard season right now, but I'm thirsty for you. He didn't say, I miss my throne. He didn't say, I miss my palace. He didn't say, I miss my bed. He didn't say, I miss my kingdom. No, he said, God, I miss you. I miss your presence. And if I can get in your presence, everything I got, everything I lost, I can get back. If I can get in your presence, every attack will have to cease. Let me tell you something. Nothing brings hope like an encounter with God. That's why we can't just afford to come to church and go through religious ritual. But we need to come to church and have an encounter with God's presence that will change our situation and and shift our season. Watch this now. He said, my tears have been my food day and night. And everybody around me, while men say to me, where is your God? Where is he now, David? He said, these things I remember. He said, but I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude leading the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throne. He said, my enemies are telling me it's over. They're telling me, give up on my family. Come on now. Give up on my future. Give up on what the promises of God are. And they're saying, where is your God now? That's what they were saying to David. Where is your God now? You've been tithing. Where is your God now? Where y'all at? You've been believing, but where is your God now? But David said two words that changed everything. Two words that were dripping in hope that released a miracle of power in his life. 
two words. He said, I remember. He said, I remember. Oh, my God. He said, I remember. I remember when I fought Goliath and everybody said I wouldn't make it, but I did. I remember when I had to hide like a scared rabbit in the cave when Saul tried to kill me. I remember. I remember when God delivered me. I remember how God has made a way for me. And some of y'all are in a battle right now. And what you need to do rather than complaining and draining everybody around you with your sad story, you ought to hit the rewind button and say, my God, he has already made a way for me time and time again. And if he'd done it before, he can do it again. I remember. Do you remember when he saved you? Do you remember when he healed you? Do you remember any miracles? Give him praise if you remember. I remember. Somebody shout, I remember. Oh, I may go through hard times, but I remember. Now watch, watch. David starts preaching to himself, and he said, Why are you downcast? Oh, my soul, why are you disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Huh? Sometimes the best message you'll ever hear is the one you preach to yourself. When you look in the mirror... And you say, you're looking good. You look skinny today. Mm-hmm. I can't wait till tomorrow. Talk to yourself. You get better looking every day. Come on, somebody. You're going to make it. Sometimes you got to pat yourself on the back. Sometimes you got to say you're going to make it. Sometimes you got to bring him a yet praise. He said, for I will yet praise. See, he said, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him. You know what a yet praise is? A yet praise is an anyhow praise. Have you ever brought God an anyhow praise? Your money's funny, but you praise him anyhow. Come on, somebody. Have you ever had your money be funny? I mean, I haven't had my money be funny. I've had it be downright hilarious. Come on, y'all. I, I, the way I grew up and the way I got in the ministry, I wasn't poor. I was po. Y'all know what po is? Po is when you can't even afford the last two letters. Honey, let me tell you, I've gone through seasons in my life. Have you ever been there? When your money's funny, when your family's going crazy, when your children are rebelling, when everything that could go wrong is going wrong, but in the midst of it all, you say, I'm going to praise you, Lord, anyhow. I'm going to yet praise you. I want to attract you to my situation. I want you to show up in my circumstance. I will yet praise him. See, anybody can praise him when you got money in your pocket. Anybody can praise him when everything's going good, but when you're hanging on to hell, with hell on your back and you say I'm going to clap anyway. I'm going to dance in this dilemma. I'm going to shout in these shackles. I'm going to praise you anyway. That's when you get in position for a miracle. Okay now there's great release of hope in an atmosphere of praise. I'm getting ready to close. What does that mean? I don't mean nothing. Praise God. Okay. Watch. I really am trying to wind down. Job 36, 27, for he draws up drops of water. What this is here is a description of how rain is made. And, and isn't it amazing that God showed Job this long before there were ever any meteorologists? God showed Job how it works. 
He said, for he draws up water, which distill as rain in the mist, which the clouds drop down and pour abundantly on a man. Now, as I get ready to wind this down, let me just tell you this. Nothing settles the dust like a little rain. Nothing deals with the dust like a little bit of rain. Come on. And the Bible says that, that, that basically the sun shines on the earth in vapor. The earth basically sweats, y'all. And the vapor rises up and impregnates the clouds. And when the clouds are impregnated with so much vapor that it distills and turns into water, finally the clouds burst and rain is released. Now look at Zechariah. Let me connect these two. Zechariah 14 says, And it shall be that whichever the families of the earth do not come up to Jerusalem and worship the king, the Lord of hosts, on him there will be no rain. In other words, it's worship and praise that brings the rain of God's presence. And right now in this place, you need to go ahead. If you will praise down the rain of God over your life, it will settle the dust. Instead of sitting there and complaining, instead of sitting there and doubting, you need to go ahead and lift your hands and say, I'm going to impregnate the clouds over my life. I'm going to impregnate the clouds over my situation. I'm going to fill them up with worship. Where y'all at? I'm going to fill them up with worship. And honey, I'm telling you, it'll begin to rain God's presence. So I want you to stand across this room right now. And I want you to release some praise that will release the rain of God over your life. When I count to three, I don't know how you got to praise him. I don't know what you got to do. But tell your neighbor, say, after the dust settles. No, get him by the hand and say, after the dust settles. Yeah, after the dust settles, my children are going to be saved. After the dust settles, my finances are going to be broken through. After the dust settles, addictions are going to be broken in my family. Where y'all at? After the dust settles, I'm going to see revival. After the dust settles, everything that God has for me, it's going to come to me. So whatever you got to do, however you got to fill the, the clouds with rain over your life, when I count to three, tell your neighbor, say, I might need a little room. Come on. Say, I might need a little room. Tell somebody, say, I might need a little room. But I dare you right now. I dare you to bring him a ridiculous praise. I dare you to praise him. I dare you to glorify him when I count to three. If you got to dance, I want you to dance. If you got to jump, I want you to jump. If you got to shout, I want you to shout. But fill some clouds with some praise. Are you ready? One, two, three. Shout out. Come on, send up some praise. Send up some praise. 